1: Right. Well, we are joined by someone that, honestly, we've had a few guests on this podcast. We've saved guests for we, we save up our interviews. We don't do them that often, but for the very special people, um, we do have them on Culture Vulture podcast. And today we have an incredibly special person. Someone that I was very excited when he said that he was keen, and now I'm even more excited because we have him here. Ronald Gladden, you all probably know him from Jury Judy, the show that we all became incredibly obsessed with, and Ron was, he was the hero of it. Don't know how he feels about being called the hero, but maybe that's a question that we will get into. But Ronald... Welcome to Culture Vulture.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: How are you over there in what you called sunny San Diego?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I mean, it, it's really hard to complain.
1: Are you sick of um, all the media and all the interviews yet? And saying the same thing over and over again? Ah!
2: Honestly, I kind of like it um, because it's new, but also, too, um, it gives me a chance to work on, you know, changing things up a little bit. I try not to give everyone the same answer.
1: Okay, you can lie. You can lie in half of these answers (laughs) just so that it's different and fresh. But, Ronald, I asked our audience what they wanted to know from you, and most of them wanted to know things that I am not going to ask you because they are not relevant to the show (laughs) Jury Duty, but... Also, one of the biggest questions, and I think a good one to start on, was can you, possibly for the millionth time, tell us the process of how you came to be on this iconic show? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. I'm happy to. I don't know why they don't do a better job of maybe explaining that. Because, yeah, I feel like that's like one of the number one questions that's asked. Yeah. Um, But I so I responded to an ad that I found on Craigslist. The ad was pretty vague. It didn't give any details about really what was going on. It essentially just said, we will pay for your time for you to participate in this documentary that we're doing. We've been given unprecedented access, you know, a, a behind the scenes look of what goes on during the judicial process and in the deliberation room. One of the requirements was that you could have never served on jury duty before. So I had also never been on camera. So when I came across this, I thought, well, this could be a pretty interesting experience. So I you know, applied for it. Obviously, I went through the interview process. Um, but they did tell me from the very beginning that it was very possible that I would not even be selected. I could go through the interview process. I could show up to court. I could not be selected. And then I'd have to go home. In fact, to add to the realism, they had decoy jurors. Who did the same exact thing as me? Um, when I met them, they told me that they d- applied for the same thing online. They were brought there, and then they weren't selected, and they were sent home.
1: Oh my gosh! So they really made you think that what you were doing this documentary about what what I think could have been quite a boring <laughs> I mean quite a boring process looking at the sort of system, the judicial process over there. And then did they did they make it feel like super boring while you were doing it to make it feel real?
2: Oh, a thousand percent. That was, that was like their saving grace because obviously every day they would have to get some sort of footage, some sort of reaction. They would have to do something, you know? So in order to pull that off and then me not get suspicious, they would do that either instantly or they would drag out over a period of time and slowly get the reaction. And then for the next you know, three to six hours of the day, we're not doing anything. We've got to sit through an actual court case. You know, we're listening to testimony. We're hearing evidence being presented. I'm hearing all this legal jargon being thrown around. Like they really sold it. Like I sat through a real court case for three weeks.
1: No. And and the thing that I thought was really funny that you said at the end was that you were kind of like, Fuck, I could actually have to go and actually do jury duty at the end of all of this. Like, was this not enough?
2: (laughs) Yes, I mean, like, and again, it was one of the things I figured, like, hey, I'll serve jury duty, and then, like, they can't come back to me for years, but now I'm just waiting for it in the mail.
1: (laughs) No, and if they could, they should film that again. Like, if they were smart, they would, (laughs) you'd know about it this time, I... I have some questions about how you felt after finding out spoiler alert for everyone listening, but I'm sure you've already watched it because we wouldn't shut up about it Mm -hmm. on this podcast. Um, How did you feel about finding out that it was all fake? You were the Truman of the show.
2: So like if if you're asking about my instant feelings, like the first thing I felt was disbelief. Like I truly did not Mm. believe him that that was real. Like, To have him confirm what I had been feeling, because I knew that, like, something didn't feel right. That's why they got me on camera saying, like, hey, I feel like I'm on reality TV. Like, I knew something didn't feel right. So in order to have them, like, confirm that, like, it it was just, like, I couldn't believe that.
1: Because you got gaslit in front of all of us watching. And for you, I didn't realize that throughout it, you had said... Mm, this feels like reality tv did that not make the final cut
2: yeah so one of them made the final cut and then one of them made um the last episode but i said it i said it i think like three or four times probably in total like because they were they would push it too far just a little bit too far you know and as soon as i would say that though they would be getting real-time feedback from these actors a lot of them had uh, microphones or headphones in um, so, they would get feedback from these guys, and anytime I would react like that, they would just say, All right, we, we went too far. We got to pull it back, pump the brakes.
1: So, okay, knowing that you sort of did have an inkling that something was weird, but they continuously pulled it back and like dragged you back into the reality of it, was there any part of you that was sort of angry or just a bit annoyed at the end when you were like, Oh, I was right. Now I don't trust myself? <laughs>
2: I, I I don't think, I was never angry, I would say more relieved, um, because I was also just thinking too, like, wow, these people are, are quite the characters, and so I'm glad to see that that's, like, there was a small part of me that was a little let down, because I got to know these people, and I had accepted yeah. them, but then there was another part too, that's like, oh, it's, I'm kind of glad that you're not like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I did hear you um, talking in some other interviews, and you said that there was a stage after it where you felt a bit paranoid. Can you talk me through that a little bit?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I went home, um, the first thing I did was I, I went out. Like I didn't want to be like in an actual home, so I went out and I was going to restaurants, just being out in the public because it just felt good. Um, and this was totally coincidental. But I would just make random eye contact with people and they would instantly divert their gaze, which on a normal day is not a big deal. But it just it kept happening like a lot everywhere I went. And so I started freaking out. And so I messaged James because I was like, hey, I don't know if this is like common, but I, was like, I think I'm starting to freak out a little bit. Um, but that's when James called me up and really started working me through that. But for easily probably a week after that phone call with him, like, yeah, I just had these feelings of like. I was being followed still.
1: And I have heard um, James specifically talking about how that was such an important part of the process for them was to make you feel really protected at the end of it, like they are your friends. The relationships you made were real. They weren't fake. Have you maintained that sort of relationship with some of or all of the cast members after
2: all of them absolutely and this is a point i also want people to know too it's it's more than just the people that you guys saw like i interacted with the camera crew on a daily basis so like parker was the guy who was always on like me and james like darnell i like he recommended me a book when i was sequestered like the executive producers the showrunners i stay in contact with all these people they really are just like just wonderful people
1: okay this isn't a question i have written down but I just need to ask, how is it that you are such a legend? (laughs) Do you, why are you so cool (laughs) and nice?
2: Well, you know, I will attribute that, um, because I didn't always used to be like this. Like, I I always believe that I've had good intentions. Um, But, you know, like, I I used to live a lot more selfish lifestyle. I used to act out of my own self-interest. But it was more of just the realization of I got a better feeling out of helping others um, like If like I could win and you could win, why would I not want that? You feel good, I feel good, as opposed to just me feeling good. So just realising that I enjoy that feeling more has just made it easier to behave the way I behaved.
1: I am so glad for the world that they chose you, of all people, from that Craigslist ad because I think you have been such a wonderful, wonderful, I want to say character, but you're a real person for us to watch on a show that has thankfully had a lot of viewers. I just think it's so refreshing. When you played Todd, I know that's not his real life uh, real name, but when you played him Bugs Life, I died. I just, I don't know, I just think you're really, really wonderful. On that, another moment when you were just too good for this world, kind of, was when James Marsden in quotes, did that giant shit in your room? Like, did you, did even a little part of you feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm taking the fall for this guy? Or, and did it actually smell? That's two questions.
2: (laughs) So, like, in the moment, like, And I believe that you see this in the way I I acted towards James in general. Like, I just treat everybody equally. I don't really care who you are, your social status, how much money you have. Like, we all deserve to be treated equally. So in that moment, all I saw was just an embarrassed human asking for help. So that was an easy thing for me to do. And it's not like it was like I wanted to, but it's like, dude, this guy is clearly embarrassed. This is like, oh, I have to take the blame. Like, that's the easiest thing I could do for somebody, you know? The second part is that, yes... It stunk. James (laughs) accidentally sprayed too much of whatever scent it was because he sprayed a little bit at first and apparently just takes a little bit of time to activate, I guess, but he couldn't smell it. So then he squirted even more. So it was very, very strong.
1: (laughs) But, okay, Ronald, where you did draw the line was um, with the soaking incident. You let (laughs) James take the fall for that. My question is... If James had asked you to be the one jumping for him to do the deed, oh. would you have said yes?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, everyone. That is why. What made James different? Was he just a better friend to you? Was he, Were you closer with him? Because uh, <laughs> he was a celebrity. I
2: wouldn't say that. Well, it's, it's less the celebrity. And, like, their saving grace was that their celebrity was James. Like... I don't think people realize his role in the movie Sex Drive is literally, like, I was not joking. It's one of my top five favorite roles of all time. Like, I think he was so funny in that movie. And so anytime like, I would just be like, oh, James is extra Hollywood D-bag today. Like, I would always come back to that thought. I was like, yeah, but he was so funny. Like, oh. I want to see that part of him, you know. Oh. So that was their saving grace. and <laughs> that, that was, like, my, my star moment.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: If you will. Yeah, and, and a role that he had that maybe you didn't like so much was in Sonic because you told him that it wasn't that good of a movie.
2: To be fair... I told him that's what I had heard. I hadn't seen the movie. That was just what I had heard.
1: Have you seen it now?
2: Uh, Yeah, I I watched it literally the next day. Uh, That was not a joke. Like, I watched it. I thought it was a good movie, actually.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, I'm really... I'm glad to hear that for your sake and for James's sake. My next question for you. Ah, and this was asked by a bunch of people. I just have to clear it up now. Are you actually an actor?
2: (laughs) I think that... The When the James Marsden shits in my room um, episode, I think you can tell that I'm not. I feel like that's a given, you know. Like this is my first time being on camera. And one of the reasons why I was okay with doing this was because I didn't think people would see this. Kind of like what you said earlier. This seems like this was going to be a really boring, informational, maybe go to your local PBS Like at most, you know, so I didn't think people were going to see this. So no, I'm not an actor. (laughs) Like uh, I was was just being me.
1: I'm glad we cleared that up. And actually, I kind of believe that because in the scenes, like you said, where you were running James's lines with him. First of all, you had the patience of a saint. But second of all, (laughs) it's not. It, it, yeah, it doesn't pass. It doesn't seem like you're an actor because your delivery, while good and very endearing, um, it wasn't quite James Marsden. No,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not even mad.
1: Was there <laughs> any moments that you can remember from filming that didn't make the final cut but you kind of wish that they did?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually have a list of them written down. There's There was a, there was a lot. So, again, that's something I want people to – That's something I want people to realize. Like, they filmed 24 hours a day for, like, three weeks. And when I say 24 hours a day, I mean, like, the hidden cameras, like, in our game room and whatnot, because if I could have woken up at 1 a.m. and just been like, hey, guys, I want to go play video games. Like, who knows if something funny happens, if they use that footage. Like, they were filming all the time. So there is so much footage that wasn't used for time constraints. Like, we have a ton. And I know everybody wants to see it, so... I don't know. Maybe if we make enough noise, Amazon will release that footage.
1: <laughs> Here's how we We'll start a um, petition.
2: <laughs> so a couple of the ones I thought were funny that make it. So James asked me on day one, um, it's when he was getting the food truck order. He offered to buy everybody lunch. The judge walks by. It doesn't work out. They ask him for his credit card. James turns over and looks to me and say, like, hey, man, do you want to split this with me? No, I'm Like, no, absolutely not. You just offered to buy everybody lunch. Like I do not want to split that with you. <laughs> so that was funny. I actually bet James $20 that Barbara would get kicked off the jury because she was falling asleep so much. i to say I lost that bet. <laughs> um, and actually, so this is, this is going to surprise people the most too. So something that didn't make it, and I'm curious as to why, was that Todd was also like a fresh, maybe not fresh out of prison, but like he was a, a recent felon who had just had his rights restored as well too. And it was never made known exactly what he did. But when they were selecting the jury, the judge called him up. He called um, counsel up there to discuss, basically, like, if they would allow him to serve. And, you know, they were talking in hushed tones, but, you know, I could hear some of it. And it was basically known that, like, Todd felt bad for whatever it is he did. He wanted to serve on his jury, and he wanted to give back to the community in this sense.
1: I did not... Okay, well, obviously, I did not know that because Todd is, like, the most unlikely felon. (laughs) Also, I wish they'd kept in the part of you straight-up telling James Marsden, no, I will not be splitting this with you. Um, Were there any... you, You sort of said before that some moments you did say this feels like reality TV. What were the most unbelievable? Or what were the moments that made you feel like that?
2: Uh, well, the first one happened on the third day of filming. So, you know, not a good start for them. <laughs> it was when we were first coming in. We had just been sequestered. So everybody had to bring in their suitcase full of things, which obviously had to go through the metal detector. While we were there, one of the guards was being fired for allowing the paparazzi to come in. So they held everybody up at the line. They were essentially had, like, a farewell party for him, if you will. Because, like... They were posing with pictures. They were calling other people down. They were telling us, hey, hold on just a second. Like, they were essentially making a big fuss, and they were making it known that they weren't happy with their jobs just kind of in general, so they didn't really care. But it it went on for far too long, and I turned around to James, and I was like, dude, this literally feels like I'm on reality TV. Like, this is too much. Like, what's going on here, you know, on the third day?
1: Yeah. Yeah well, they must have, that must have given them the shits. They must have freaked out that on the third day they'd taken something just a little bit too far that their main hero um, was already sort of like, am I on reality TV? Sort of on that note, um, how do you feel about, I've heard it being described a lot um, that it's a hero's journey and then at the end they obviously gave you the money and said you were the hero of... Uh, the show which I as a viewer totally believe totally agree with but I wonder how it feels to have been given that title after all of this like the whole rigmarole
2: well I mean I will say like I'm not mad by any means Um, I'm flattered I'm honored thank you for the title Um, I just I feel weird about it though because if you look at everything i did and i i understand there're some instances where i did go above and beyond but if you really look at what i did on a day-to-day basis i was just being a decent human being you know i was showing people kindness and i was being respectful for them by default you know i wasn't requiring anybody to earn everything i was just trying to just be nice to people, because we were all sequestered, we were all in this together, like, why not make the best of it, like, there's no point in causing drama, and, like, that just doesn't make sense to me, you know, that's not how I live my life.
1: Yeah, you really did, um, sort of extinguish the drama, and, like, even when, um, Noah's girlfriend sort of says, I'm breaking up with him, and you just refuse to be the one to sort of, like, add fuel to that fire and you're like she's just mad you need to talk like you didn't say to him that (laughs) his girlfriend wanted to break up with him i thought that was quite a respectful thing to do to not insert yourself in there this is a bit of a change of theme but you have a dog called meatball and is it a corgi
2: absolutely purebred
1: purebred corgi this is funny because, again, I was doing my research and I heard you, I heard someone ask you, have celebrities been sliding into your DMs? Has anyone, you know, wanted to meet up or whatever? And you straight up were like, yeah, I'm in New York for the first time and I met Maxine the corgi. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It's just, it's very telling of how down to earth and genuine you are that the celebrity that you have chosen to mate as a corgi what is it about corgis can i ask uh,
2: i mean like what the, it would be a shorter <laughs> list of what isn't it about them you know like they're, ador- they're adorable <laughs> they've got little hot dog bodies with little stumps for legs they have the prettiest smile they're always in a good mood they have a great demeanor the cute little fox face you know like oh
1: i love i love it. um <laughs> How old's your corgi? A puppy still? Or?
2: Actually, he turned 11 months today.
1: Oh, well, happy 11 months, Meatball. We are <laughs> really happy for you and that you've got such a good dad. <laughs> are you at all worried based on what you've said about um, sort of coming out of the show and having a little bit of that post-show, our camera's still following me paranoia? Are you worried that there'll be more shows like this now that there's been quite a big success from jury judy
2: um okay so obviously i'm not the creative mind behind it so i can't even imagine how they would do it but to be fair i didn't even think they could pull something like this off so i mean if if they could do something like this again i would actually i would love to see it for one um and also too i would just hope that whoever was involved had as good of an experience as i did so if yeah if we could change somebody else's life for the better I'm all about it, especially if it's good television. Like, again, it's a win-win-win scenario.
1: I guess because there there has always been sort of punked, like hidden camera things that have existed in the past, but this one was so nice because it wasn't about pranks. It wasn't about outing you in any way. It was just about seeing how all these, like, first, how well all these actors can improvise, and two, how someone that is just normal and respectful sort of manages all these weird (laughs) scenarios but I think that's a really um positive way of looking at it because I think not many people could have handled could handle a hidden camera situation in the same way as you and I think that if they do it again especially if similar people create a similar show you should be a executive producer or something like you would be such a great person to help make it like just help make it really wholesome and nice again on that do you have anything that you really want to do or anyone that's reached out to you to do other things in this world or are you just taking all the opportunities as they come at the moment
2: Uh, a little bit of both so I I officially took a leave of absence from my contracting work because let's be honest I can always go back to it you know if I want at any really at any time
1: and is that Solar power?
2: So, I was a solar contractor, yeah. I've been in construction my whole life. So, I've been a a project manager, essentially, for different outfits. Um, So, I could always go back to that if I wanted to. Um... But yeah, I'm essentially just taking the opportunities as they come in. I'm just going day by day um, because a lot of them are coming in. So we're just kind of just feel like I hired a management team. So I'm surrounding myself with the right people because this is obviously an industry that's completely foreign to me. So I'm just trying to get people who know actually what they're doing, who can give me guidance, whose advice I actually want to listen to.
1: Yes. And I, uh, as I said before, think that, Hell yeah, if you want to, you should take all these opportunities because the world should see more normal people that are just being normal and not being what um, James Marsden's character was, like Hollywood douchebags. My last question for you is just giving you the chance to set any misconceptions or anything straight that maybe you've seen going around or... You know, that happened on the show that maybe wasn't portrayed the way that it truly happened. If there's anything that you want people to know.
2: I'm trying to think about this show because, and again, like, and I can understand why people would have questions. Like, because I would have so many questions as well. Especially if if I'm somebody who's seen this who also has never sat on jury duty before. I feel like I would have a ton of questions. Um, the biggest one that keeps coming up to me directly is how did I not recognize Kirk Fox from Parks and Rec? So I'm, I'll address that one. So first of all, I'm very mad that I didn't recognize him. Go on record as saying that. But um, second of all, like once they found out that I was familiar with Parks and Rec, because it was on like the second or third day when I told James, you know, I was like, oh, I love Ben Schwartz. I saw him from his um, role in Parks and Rec. As soon as they heard that Kirk's instructions were to stay away from me, all the time, he essentially did what Tim did, the guy who fell and got hurt, he stayed away from me, he didn't talk a whole lot, he grew out a real scraggly beard, he's wearing clothing that's too small for him, like, it doesn't look anything like the Kirk that I've seen before, so that's how I didn't recognize him.
1: (laughs) So, to clear it up, everyone, Ronald is a fan of Parks and Rec, or he did, he... I just, I love that they had to keep them away from you. It just shows how on their toes they were. As soon as you said anything, they basically moved the whole situation to make sure that it would obviously not explode in front of the eyes. And then, okay, I wasn't meant to have another question, but my last question is, after finding it all out, did you have to give like sign anything new or did you have to say, okay, now that I know that this was all kind of a different show than I was promised, um, yes, I still agree that it can go out to the world, or or had you already sort of you know, said whatever happens in this filming can go out to the world?
2: No, yeah, I I signed something at the beginning and at the end because obviously in the beginning because it wasn't really a whole lot from what I was signing because it was pretty basic. I think it was like three or four pages long, so it didn't take a long time to read, but it was real basic and it was under the premise of like the documentary. Once I knew what it really was, then yes, I had to sign something else agreeing because again, you know, there was like thirty six hidden cameras that I didn't know were recording me. So once I was made aware of this, I had to agree that they could actually use that footage.
1: Totally. I that was something that from like a media point of view, I was like, did they have to get him to say, now that we have all this new footage that he did not know about, um, it can still become this amazing TV show. Well, Ronald... Thank you so much for coming and hanging out and answering not only my questions, but the audience's questions and for talking about Meatball and <laughs> filling in why you love Corgi so much. Because a Corgi being the only celebrity you wanted to meet was um, funny to me and I, I loved it. I just, I think you're wonderful and I think our audience will love this chat. So thank you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.